for our first story, we are briefly chatting about supporting small businesses during and post COVID-19. So the federal government's fiscal support during COVID-19 has been waning. Uh, it never really ramped up that high, uh, if we're being honest. But uh, even then, uh, the fiscal support is either not being renewed or is under talks for just flat out being uh canceled basically for individual citizens this was in the form of one uh twelve hundred dollar check many people never got it uh but we still have millions and millions of people filing for unemployment uh and it doesn't seem like there's going to be uh more checks coming in from the gov uh unless there is a major change in direction and energy within congress uh for businesses this looked like the paycheck protection program and that's really what we're going to be honing in on today is the future of uh of the federal government literally financially supporting small businesses or really any business moving forward uh, but the lifeline of that program is reaching its end. So lawmakers are currently debating whether or not to continue supporting small businesses during this time. I want to point everyone to a Politico article that I'm pulling um, some of the basic information from this from. Uh, there are a lot of good quotes on there from different lawmakers. So if you want to see exactly what they're saying, I would point you all in that direction. Here's some of the main info and then Tyler Taylor and I will discuss. So starting July 1st, the Small Business Administration is going to stop approving government-backed loans. And many lenders have already stopped accepting applications for PPP uh, as they try to clear out their final queues that are already building up. So this means that there are still $130 billion left unspent on the PPP. That's for a variety of reasons, including many businesses well, really, all businesses weren't allowed to borrow more than once. So you could take one loan, and then if you ran out of that money, unfortunately, there's nothing else the government would do for you. Uh, you're out of money. Uh, there could also be more structural socioeconomic inhibitors to accessing that money. For example, a huge main point of contention for accessing the money in the first place is having a good relationship with a banker. You have to chat with your banker get that loan approved and filed. And uh, in many socioeconomically uh, depressed environments, uh, typically uh, for minority-owned business owners, that is just not a reality. There just has not been a legacy of uh, interpersonal infrastructure built between business owners and bankers in their area. So probably not a lot of easy access to that PPP loan. So that is another reason why some of that money might still be untapped. So now lawmakers are unsure how to proceed because demands for more support are continuing. People are saying, look, we really need more money. Is there anything that, you know, <laughs> is there anything the crowd can do? Hello, please help. Uh, so here's a few more bits of info. Uh, the Federal Reserve, which warned Congress last week that small businesses may need more help even as the economy reopens, uh, called these circumstances alarming. So even the Fed is saying, yo, <laughs> we need to loan out some cash. Now, they might have their own interests for why they want to, uh, you know, 
in debt more businesses, <laughs> but uh, that's a whole other conversation. Um, so according to an analysis published by the National Bureau of, of Economic Research, the number of working business owners, including small business owners, fell by 22% from February to April. And this is the largest drop on record. So clearly businesses really need support right now. And um, basically, as businesses are preparing to push for greater restrictions when they reopen, uh, both you know restrictions from the government as well as just restrictions they're going to place on themselves for uh, safer working operations, there's also going to be fiscal um, constraints that are going to come with that. So what are y'all's initial thoughts on this sort of uneasiness from Congress on how to move forward. It seems like there really isn't a clear path for supporting uh, small businesses. We're going to get into some of the mess ups with PPP and and why things are still up in the air in a second. But just this current dynamic, what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, what you laid out is obviously problematic, right? That that necessary relationship with a bank, you know, just the, the different problems that, that existed with this from the get go. Um, and I think you're right to, to kind of say here in a second we're going to talk about some of the other problems with PPP yeah. because that, that to me is uh, is maybe where the, the biggest issues lied with this. And also it, it seems that, you know, I saw some stories that, that suggested that perhaps, um, you know, companies that that received money on PPP wouldn't actually be held to that idea that they still have to pay workers, which in the end is problematic right because that was kind of the the necessary uh restriction around this whole thing so anyways all of this just seems like a big jumbled mess to me which um isn't necessarily shocking yeah right yeah um one of the things that i'd kind of noticed about some of the uh um the reopenings that we're seeing here in texas specifically because we're a state that is uh you know pretty widely um you know well uh, back into our swing of, um, you know, getting people back into restaurants, bars, and other places uh, in general, which, you know, for better or for worse, uh, don't really want to get into that. But the the thing that I've noticed from some of these uh, owners and operators of, you know, restaurants and smaller businesses is how much um, overhead has, uh, you know, incurred in reopening in some cases you know bringing back um, staff but then also keeping themselves up and operating to a you know post-covid regulation at a reduced capacity has you know kind of really just lowered the number of people coming in the number of uh, the you know i guess amount of money coming in but also the amount of uh, just time uh, and money and preparation that it takes to keep their operation open and clean and, and ready to go um you know has kind of seen some of them you know operating at just if you were already at a razor thin margin you you might be you know going into the red just by operating uh, currently as well too so uh, I, i've noticed a couple of, of other ways that this has you know changed uh, how it, the landscape of, of operation looks and uh, I, I think yeah. that's another scary aspect of it yeah, and I mean, clearly the uh, the loans aren't getting to everyone that need them, mm -hmm. considering that I've seen plenty of small businesses in my area shudder. Just, you know, doors closed, it, it's over. Sorry, we can't uh, fund this operation anymore. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of the complexity of trying to even access uh, the loans in the first place from a mix of... Like I said, some socioeconomic legacies that 
make it much harder for disenfranchised communities to even access a banker that they trust right. to help file this. Um, but also the application itself uh, was a bit of a turnoff to a lot of small business owners. A lot of paperwork, a lot of filing, a lot of confusing language that didn't make it easier to file. And just recently was that adjusted slightly to hopefully make the process simpler. But at the same time, you have uh, the Small Business Administration and many lenders basically saying, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. So it's a, you know a bit too late, in my opinion. And so here's some stats and some info that will uh, really flesh out why this was such a mess. So this language was in the initial bill, and I'm just going to quote this. During the covered period, any business concern that employs not more than 500 employers per physical location of the business concern, and that is assigned a North American industry classification system code beginning with 72 at the time of the dispersal, shall be eligible to receive a covered loan. Uh, okay, so that sounds a bit confusing, some legalese language there, uh, but really the takeaways there are not more than 500 employees and mm -hmm. the 72 code. 72 is the code that signals uh, accommodation and food service industries. And because of the not more than 500 employees, realistically, what this allowed for is many, many companies getting millions and millions of dollars from the PPP who clearly did not need that money. And that includes infamously Shake Shack, uh, Ruth's Chris, Potbelly Corporation, Fiesta Restaurant Group. Uh, all of these had access to basically millions. Shake Shack ended up getting called out for it and they had to return that money. But if they hadn't have been, they would have just pocketed, I think it was 10 to $20 million from the agency. Now, I'm not saying that uh, you know, we can't be even more egalitarian with the cash. It's not like we don't have it on hand uh, with the Federal Reserve. And I mean, it's not like we couldn't even produce this money in loans if we really needed to. But that's not the situation we had. We had a uh, set amount of money and only a certain amount of people could apply. And the people that were getting money were overwhelmingly uh businesses that really didn't need it. Uh, and there were actually some reports from businesses that were too small to even access the PPP. And you would think, hmm. well, aren't the smallest businesses the ones that are going to need the PPP? Uh, but I guess that was just part of the cluster. There wasn't really a lot of thought, I guess, into who's going to need this or, um, you know, I, I guess maybe there was thought and they just were like, eh, this isn't important. I don't really know. I guess I'm not really in the minds of the Congress folk, and that's why this is so confusing. A few other main points here. Why haven't the smallest businesses been getting the support they need? So 55% of small businesses in a CNBC survey, Monkey survey, opted not to apply for the PPP loans at all. And 71% did not apply for an economic injury disaster loan. So if you think of half of small businesses over half of small businesses didn't even touch this opportunity. You'd have to think, why? It's not like they didn't need the money because clearly uh, they do, <laughs> considering how many were seeing shutter and clothes. Um, here is what Rohit Arora, he's the CEO of Biz2Credit, an online lending platform for small business loans. Here's what he had to say. Uh, quote, large banks haven't focused on small business loans given to companies with less than 50 employees. They have deemed it too labor intensive. Um, 
he also notes that small community banks faced a lot of issues and that they were ill-equipped to handle the influx of applications and process all of that data into their systems in a short time frame. On top of that, there was also a 2575 rule for these loans that says business owners must use 75% of the funds they receive only for payroll and 25% for rent, mortgage, utilities, and any other operating expense, excuse me, expenses in order to get loan forgiveness. So even though I'm all on board, most of that money going toward payroll and toward supporting um, you know, your laborers that work at your company, the 2575 like clear cut rule made it really difficult for business owners to actually do anything useful with the rest of that money especially if they don't get approved for that much 25% of whatever you get it's pretty measly. So at the end of the day, it didn't seem like it was going to be that useful. So what are y'all's thoughts on some of this rollout and if we uh loop back around and Congress decides we are going to extend PPP uh, because they've signaled that basically it is the best infrastructure that's already built for them to provide money to small businesses, even with all this cluster, which I guess is a bit uh, you know, discouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts? Uh, what needs to change in your opinion? Uh, should we even continue in this route? What do you think? I think it's hard when there is an apparatus set up to benefit the small guy, but the it feels like the people that are enforcing and maybe administering this this mechanism that's that's meant to kind of benefit the small business and help out the the companies that are going to struggle the most during this time seem to show at best apathy towards those businesses and you know if if that makes sense that that the general attitude seems to be that we're doing this because we have to but it feels like um just given all of the various things around this whole uh, this whole way of, uh, of of receiving these funds has almost been done so begrudgingly and uh, with the idea that we would rather be helping large businesses rather than small businesses, which I think is is discouraging. But I think it's the general attitude maybe of, of uh, certain leaders who are in charge at this point. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my general takeaway is that it's really unfortunate that small businesses... Uh, have been put in this position and that the the machine seems to not be working for them in this case, even though there is this, um, yeah, like I said, this mechanism set up for them to be able to benefit and receive these loans during this time. It really doesn't feel like it it is actually tailored towards helping them be successful. Yeah, and it, it I, I feel like if you were to ask a company to do this, you would see a balance sheet, you know. You would see a kind of here's our money and here's what we're going to allocate towards. Yeah, there's this. no transparency. Yeah, exactly. And then here is where that money went, you know. And here is is obviously you can see here's what we have and here's what we we've, we've spent. And without a balance sheet like that, without saying you know, hey, we've set aside you know whatever three trillion dollars or X amount of money to you know go towards this fund. Um, and then without seeing, you know, where that money has, has been able to actually land in the hands of uh, the American people, it's hard to, to say, you know, who or, or what is, is, is getting a lot of this, uh, um, I guess, relief here. So I don't know. With, without that and without, you know, well, I think what Tyler said best, just this apparatus designed to, um, you know, both enable but also uh, educate and inform, you know, how this can work and how it is working. It's it's um, it's never going to live up to its fullest potential or I think even its most basic potential. So, 
Yeah, and I just really think the program is uh, a little too technocratic to actually be worth anything moving forward. Uh, I, I have a feeling that due to some of the uh, ineffectiveness of our Congress and their will, their excuse me, their unwillingness to uh, pass a lot of meaningful change during this time. Uh, I think we're going to see them try to funnel back through the PPP program. Uh, and I think what that's going to do is basically nothing. It's going to, you know, maybe provide some more cash, uh, maybe we'll get another round of applications or access to applications. But I think the core problems are going to remain unless they refine the language so much that it's foolproof. Clearly, they're not really able to do that. And I think one of the main reasons why is because sometimes when you get a little too technocratic with the language, in my opinion, uh, you start to you start to actually create more loopholes to work around. And you saw that in the language that was in there. I mean, that language, what kind of small business employs 450 people? Right. You know, like just think about that at scale. That is not a small business. I mean, what even is the definition for a small business? Clearly, uh, you know, we must have very different ideas of what a small business is. And the fact that they have that kind of language in there, but the physical process and the uh, interpersonal relationships that necessitate this process to function properly were not even considered meant that, you know, people either didn't have your actual like mom and pop main street small business owner in my like in mind when they were putting this together right or they knew exactly what they were doing and this was never really meant to help them out this was just kind of like all right we'll put some out there and honestly the people with the most resources are the ones that are even going to be able to access this in the first place so just funnel you know funnel money back into the people that already have it which seems to be a trend for a lot of major uh uh, legislative moves in the last, uh, I mean, if we want to go all the way back to 08 and the economic recession and the bank bailouts. So whatever, we're getting a little too, too deep into the political weeds here, but really all's to say that I think the program is a bit bust. Um, it doesn't seem like small businesses are going to have a lot of resources for support. And let's be honest, I think we should be giving individuals more money consistently during this pandemic. And that would also be helping small business owners. If you were a small business owner and you had a guaranteed $2,000 monthly until the pandemic ended, uh, that would be huge. You could potentially better fund your own personal expenses while you figure out what to do with your small business. Instead mm -hmm. of being left out to dry, you don't have money to support your family and you don't have money to support your business. So what's gonna go first? probably the business, not the family. So uh, at the end of the day, I think it's just been a, a huge failure on behalf of our federal government. And, um, you know, they have another opportunity here to extend the program to some capacity. I hope they get it more right this time, but I'm not super optimistic. Those are my thoughts. I think those are good thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're they're bleak, I guess, to some degree, but it's just, you know, this is the reality of what we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I also think we need to be careful who is leading the charge on these conversations. I listened to a really great podcast the other day that I highly recommend. 
Um, it's called Citations Needed. It uh, does some like media criticism, basically, but did a whole piece on how language for small businesses gets used to cape for huge multinational corporations and their interests versus the actual interests of your small mom and pops. So as we push forward here and look at what's going to be the solution for actually helping small businesses in this time, uh, keep an eye on who is actually at the table uh, lobbying for change, demanding change, what small business organizations are the ones speaking, and who funds those organizations, and who often is the representative for those organizations. A lot of time, it is not the small business you imagine, mm-hmm. uh, and often that means that real small businesses, like real two to five employee like muffin shops down the street, are really not getting their voice heard on the direction of these programs that are meant to benefit them. So uh, something else we should be keeping in mind and definitely demanding uh, from within the business community. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I think that that's the, that's the most frustrating thing is that how are the, the people that are the, the true out-and-out small business, how are they ever going to have their voice heard more than what it currently is and it's just hard to see a way forward for that this was a snippet from business casual with daniel litwin and tyler kern your b2b morning radio show tune in wednesdays and fridays at 9 a.m central on the simple radio app or marketscale.com slash industries 